Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown post-show for... It's not Friday. It's Saturday, February 3rd, 2023. I'm your host, Shady from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Saturday afternoons, wherever you may be. A lot of people were, oh, where's JD? He's not in the sub-box. Well, you got to follow me on social media, man. got to follow me on Twitter, man. That's the uh, the place to get up to date on everything. I-, I was not live last night, and the reason why I'm live this afternoon, after watching SmackDown last night, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to go out because really nothing happened outside of the closing segment of the show. But the reason why I wasn't live last night after the show was over was because I was in Queens for House of Glory, and we had our first show of the new year called The Beginning And it was a great show. It was on Fight TV. It wasn't uh, really promoted because I didn't really know if it was going to be on Fight TV or not. I got very mixed signals from a lot of different people. So if you guys uh, did not know why I did not come live uh, after the show last night, that was the reason why. So we were in Queens with House of Glory. uh, And you guys can certainly catch up with that show if you care at all about HOG uh, on Fight TV Leo Rush made his return to the company, and he had a tremendous night. Jacob Fatu wrestled, and he went up against JTG, believe it or not, in a very good match in the main event. Charles Mason, just so incredible as my guy Charles Mason. He went up against um, somebody that I never really seen in person, man, the, uh, the bounty hunter, Brian Keith, which he was very impressive, very impressive last night. Uh, amongst other things, Red and Brian XL wrestled main event. It was a very, very entertaining show. So me and Solid Monster were on the call, and um, it was a fun night. It's always a fun night at HOG, but that's the reason why I wasn't live for SmackDown, the reason why we're live on this Saturday night. Now, the reason that I said SmackDown was mid last night was that nothing really happened on the show. And, And WWE, you know, they are going all in on this Roman Reigns, Bloodline, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens storyline. I I get it's the biggest storyline that they've done in the last decade. But I feel like when WWE gets ahead of themselves, they, they really just get ahead of themselves. They're putting a lot of effort into the Bloodline story. And I feel that we are... Moving so into that storyline that they're neglecting everything else. If they put that much effort into everything else, the show would be a lot better. There's legitimately nothing on this show that is really substantial to me outside the bloodline. L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt had that going for a little bit, and then they shit the bed with the pitch black match 
which apparently netted WWE a million dollars in revenue just off the advertisement alone, which is ridiculous. Now WWE's talking about doing a Cinnamon Toast Crunch ad match at WrestleMania. This is what WWE is like in the modern day, folks, as long as Bray Wyatt's not a part of that because I feel like the Pitch Black match did more harm than good. We had that going for a little bit with Bray Wyatt and LA Knight. Now that that is over, there really isn't much of anything else on SmackDown right now. The tag team title situation obviously is a part of the bloodline story. This Ricochet Braun Strowman tag team pairing that we saw last night beat Imperium, which I thought was a mistake. That's just for the interim. That's just a temporary thing. Then you got Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. I mean, who gives a fuck? The women's division on SmackDown is horrendous. I don't give a fuck who the champion is. There's no excitement at all in the women's division. And outside that, WWE has nothing. Nothing. Those were the things that people were looking forward to going into the Rumble. Now that the Rumble is over, what do we have on SmackDown? And in turn, it's going to make the show that much more unappealing. Less interesting. If they put more effort into everything else and creating stories around the bloodline, the show would be a lot better. Now, as far as the bloodline is concerned, I didn't know if we were going to see Sami Zayn coming out of the Royal Rumble. I did not know we were going to see Sami Zayn on SmackDown last night. And I was surprised that we did. He showed up at the end of the show. He attacked Roman Reigns in a hoodie. And he vowed to get revenge on Roman Reigns for what Roman did to him and Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble. Obviously, the numbers game took over. And Roman and Solo and Jimmy Uso, who was there, he was the brother that was there. Jay Uso was not there. Solo was there. Jay Uso was absent from the entire situation. One half of the tag team champions decided not to show up. And he's going to be a very pivotal part of this entire storyline. But the numbers game got to Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn got beat down again. And Roman Reigns stopped a repeat of the Royal Rumble last night and basically said, you want me and the undisputed championship. You got it, but it's going to be under my condition. It's going to be under my terms when I want it. I'll give you what you want. And it's going to happen at the Elimination Chamber in Montreal. And the reason why Roman wants it in Montreal, which is great, is because Roman feels Sammy has now torn apart his family. He feels Sami Zayn has torn apart the bloodline now that Jay Uso is caught up in his feelings and did not show up to stand alongside his family last night. And Roman, that's the only thing he has on his mind. You tore apart my family. Now, in Montreal, in your hometown, I'm going to tear apart you in front of your family, in front of your wife, in front of your kids, in front of your family. That was great. I mean, what more do you need, man? You want Roman to be the most vicious and brutal fucking prick that he could be. That's the type of shit that's going to get him there. On top of what we've seen already at the Royal Rumble with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens getting absolutely massacred at the end of the show. But the thing coming out of this is a lot of people are still a lot of people are still wanting and, and hoping and wishing that Sami Zayn is going to be the one to wrestle Roman Reigns at, at WrestleMania. 
I think you guys need to put this to bed already. You're getting it at the elimination chamber. I understand that the story fits with Sammy beating Roman and becoming the champion. But the thing is, and a lot of people don't understand this, you're all getting caught up in your fucking wrestling feelings here. I get it. I get it. But this is where it differs from Brian Danielson. This is where it differs from the Yes Movement. Brian was alone. Brian was one man against the machine. He was one man against the corporation. Brian wasn't tied to anybody else. You're looking at Sami Zayn and everybody thought Sami Zayn should be the one to take down Roman in the main event of WrestleMania. Meanwhile, every single tweet, every single person that I hear this narrative from, they are forgetting about three other people that are involved in this fucking storyline. You're forgetting about Kevin Owens. You're forgetting about Jey Uso, who's tied to, who's tied to Sami Zayn just as much as Kevin Owens is right now, based on the storyline that we've seen develop, and Jimmy Uso. So when people tell others on social media, oh, well, Sami Zayn needs to be the one to take down Roman. You're not thinking that Sami Zayn is tied to three other people, and it's not all about Sami Zayn. What aren't you getting? WWE's already came out in reports saying that Sami Zayn is not looked at as a face of the company. And I know he's not the face of the company. And Sami Zayn even said that so himself on the Ariel Hawani podcast. Sami Zayn is not the guy that's going to be taking the WWE into the future for the next five years. He's going to be somebody that is going to be a very pivotal part of the story. How we get from Roman and Sami to Roman and Cody, that's on WWE. And what will the situation, what will the environment, what will the vibe be when we get there? That remains to be seen. Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, and Kevin Owens are a part of this story more so than anything else. And you want it all to fall on the fucking lap of Sami Zayn. Nobody's thinking that if you do Sami and Roman, where do you put Cody? You think making a triple threat match out of this is easy? It's the other narrative that I'm seeing pushed. Oh, let's make it a triple threat match. Yeah, yeah, let's make it a triple threat match and leave Kevin Owens and the Usos off of the WrestleMania card. I don't get people. I don't get them. You actively want to make WrestleMania worse by putting all your eggs in one match's basket instead of getting two matches out of it with two tremendous stories. I'm going to need you guys to curb your excitement a little bit. This is why the IWC breeds the dumbest fucking people in all of any community that I've ever seen. You don't apply. You don't think. You don't listen. Cut the shit. You're getting this match, the match that you want, at the Elimination Chamber, and it will be rich in story. This is the chapter that you're reading and watching now. When we get to the Elimination Chamber... Then we turn the page to the next chapter, which will be Sammy and Kevin Owens versus the Usos. And then when we get to WrestleMania, then we're going to turn the page and go on to the next chapter, Life After the Bloodline. But I'm going to need you guys to take a step back from this Sammy Zayn narrative because I know it sounds great and I know you guys want to fucking be all in your feelings and you want that happy moment, but you're going to get a happy moment and another happy moment if WWE plays their cards right.
That's what I'm worried about. This is what I'm concerned about. And WWE has a little bit of time between now and the Elimination Chamber to get it right. And if they apply it right, from what I heard on SmackDown last night, if they apply it right, it should go off without a problem. People at the end of SmackDown last night were chanting, we want Jay, we want Jay. That's great. From an outsider's perspective looking in, from an analyst's perspective looking in, from a pair of eyes outside of the WWE looking in, that's the type of reaction that you want. We want Jay. We want Jay. Now, why is that important? When I heard that, I'm like, Triple H got him. Triple H has the fan in this storyline. Because instead of making it about Sammy and Roman, which you're getting at the Elimination Chamber, WWE cannot afford to have this feel like Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. If this is still the feeling at the end of the Elimination Chamber, WWE fucked up. WWE fucked up. This Sammy Roman narrative needs to die at the end of that chamber. And what happened on SmackDown last night is going to be the key to unlock WWE's smooth sailing into WrestleMania. Because when Jay Uso shows up at the end of the Elimination Chamber and aligns himself with his family again, then all the heat that you feel is Sammy, Roman, WrestleMania, it needs to happen. That feeling is going to fade away. That heat will now be on Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso, and the heat that you want for Sammy's revenge is going to transfer from Roman to the Usos. That's what needs to be. Everybody needs to get it out of their head and watch the show like I do. We want Jay. We want Jay. That's the hook. That's the hook. Roman heard that. Triple H heard that. Road Dog. Everybody in that management team heard that. That's the hook. We got him. Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns may be salvaged going into WrestleMania. Because that's my one true concern going into this. If this lingers on anymore and they make Sami Zayn into this fucking Daniel Bryan-like babyface that needs to overcome the entire fucking bloodline, then it's going to be a complete disaster. And you're not doing right by Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes doesn't deserve that to be taken away from him at the end of all that he's done here. Now, I'm concerned about Cody and Roman for different reasons than I'm concerned about Sami Zayn's meteoric rise in the company. I'm concerned about Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns because WWE has this problem where they just throw everything they have in the most nauseating way at the viewer. Like, I'm already getting to a point where I'm sick and tired of hearing about Cody's sob story and all this other shit. It doesn't work right now in what we've seen from Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes can sit there and Cody Rhodes can go over all the injury and the torn pec and the hell in a cell. That's old news. That's old news. That happened back in June. I don't want to hear about that anymore. You wrestled the match. It was a heroic outcome. You got surgery. You worked your way back. And now you're here and you won the Royal Rumble. Fine. This is not fucking June 2022. This is not Hell in a Cell. I don't want to talk about that anymore. But WWE 
should have done, and this is what I said back last Saturday when we talked about the Royal Rumble, they basically handed Cody Rhodes the Royal Rumble with absolutely no struggle at all. They announced him in the Royal Rumble, not number, but they announced that he will be included in the field of 30 for the Royal Rumble. And then they have him show up on the night of the Royal Rumble, coming out at number 30. Now, if that isn't predictable, and if that isn't basically handing somebody the WrestleMania main event on a silver platter, I I, I don't know what is. And that's where WWE fucked up. Now they want to they wanna base all of his promos and vignettes on, oh, my father. Oh, this is the mission statement. Oh, main event of WrestleMania. Oh, Dusty. Oh, the WWE Championship. Oh, I'm bringing back the winged eagle. All of this would be a non-issue if Cody actually won the fucking Royal Rumble and got to the end by struggling some on Saturday night. This guy comes out at number 30, spends fucking six minutes, seven minutes in the Royal Rumble, and then goes another seven with Gunther at the end of the Rumble, and he thinks he's won the fucking greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Oh, I outlasted a field of 30 guys. No, you didn't. You lasted through six fucking guys at the end of the Royal Rumble because you came out at number 30. That's not outlasting 30 other fucking guys in the Royal Rumble. Give me a fucking break. That in itself is a nauseating narrative. It's not realistic. People are going to look at that. The dumb people are going to look at, oh, Cody Rhodes. I'm looking at that. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Then they got him on TV now a couple of weeks now. Sob stories, this and that. The fans, I'm not going to say the fans are going to turn on Cody Rhodes, but you are giving all the fucking ammunition that the fans need to turn on Cody Rhodes. And you do not want that. You don't want that. Cody Rhodes should have started this road to WrestleMania struggling to win the Royal Rumble. He was handed the Royal Rumble. Now we got to go through the bloodline story, and then you're going to be left with how many weeks till WrestleMania? You're going to be left with six weeks after Elimination Chamber to sell me on Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. I'm sure that they can come up with a solid story there. But is it going to be enough? Truly, is, is it going to be enough? Are the fans going to care? By the time we get to WrestleMania, how many fans are going to care about Cody Rhodes when he beats Roman Reigns for the world championship? Is it going to be, oh my God, the hero is home. He's finally taken down Roman off of his two-year-plus throne. Or is it going to be, Cody Rhodes comes back and he's handed all the keys to the kingdom and he really didn't do anything for it. A lot of people don't want to recognize Cody Rhodes six years away from the WWE. They don't. They don't want to recognize his time on the indies, making himself into a household name. They don't want to recognize his time in AEW and all the great things that he did over there on camera and off camera. They want to recognize him showing up at WrestleMania last year, battling Seth Rollins, three straight pay-per-views, injuring himself, taking seven months off because he torn his pack, show up at the Royal Rumble, win the Royal Rumble at number 30, outlast 29 guys, which he didn't. He outlasted six. And then coast into WrestleMania and beat Roman Reigns? I'm not sure that's enough. I'm not sure that's enough. Fans are going to look at that and be like, well, I'm happy for him. 
But is this the best that we are, are, are going for? This is the best we got? That's why people, that's why people are siding with Sammy more so than Cody. Because the struggle of Sammy has been documented all in the time that Cody has been out. Cody's injury really dampened everything that he had planned. And I said this on the Royal Rumble post show on Saturday, and nobody really seems to fucking get on board with what I say half the fucking time. You all want to drift off into dreamland. Cody Rhodes being away for seven months doesn't guarantee him to come back and be placed right at where he was when he was not hurt. Cody Rhodes more than likely should have been moved back a little bit in the line, in the list of priorities, and have himself fight back to get to where he was. The fact that he was given seven months off to recuperate from injury, to come back and he gets right back into the thick of things as if he was never hurt, is going to hamper Cody Rhodes down on the road to WrestleMania. And I'm not saying the fans are going to turn on Cody. I'm not saying that that's even going to be. But it is a possibility. And WWE needs to really reel the fucking, oh my God, my family. Oh my God, Dusty. Oh my God, the WWE title has been a lifelong childhood boyhood dream. I hated it when Shawn Michaels did it, and I'm going to fucking hate it if WWE follows the same goddamn path with Cody Rhodes, no matter how much I love Cody Rhodes, and I love Shawn Michaels. But Shawn Michaels as a babyface was one of the worst fucking Times, in my honest, WWE career. I hated Shawn Michaels as a babyface. The boyhood dream has come true. No. No, it, it, was, it was basically taken with a plunger and jammed down your throat. I couldn't wait. When Psycho Sid beat Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship at Madison Square Garden, and he fucking took a camera to Jose Lothario's chest, I was fucking, yes, yes! Love it! Get him out. I was, I was happier than a pig in shit when Shawn Michaels lost the fucking WWF title. Then he, won, then he won the title back at the Royal Rumble in the Alamo Dome of all fucking places. And it's, it's like right back to where we were. Oh, God. I don't know, man. I don't know. Cody, you know, he's going he's gonna to play this babyface role for as long as he can. And then he's going to look at the, he's going to look at the fans and he's going to look at the crowd and wonder, why am I a heel now? Why, why don't they like me? The longer you stay a babyface and do what you're doing now, the longer it's going to sit and the fans are not going to like it. The longer you do that, the quicker you're going to turn into the villain of the story. Now I trust Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman to tell a story. I, I trust Cody Rhodes to tell a story, but is it going to be enough? Is it going to be greater than Sammy? The answer is probably no. No. That's what I'm concerned about. But you guys really need to put this shit to bed, man. This Sami Zayn narrative at WrestleMania is not going to happen. WWE doesn't see Sami Zayn as a main event guy at WrestleMania. They're not going to main event WrestleMania with this match. They're not making a triple threat match. They're not. This is not Brian Danielson, yes movement, 2014. 
there are similarities, but there is a completely different vibe with Roman and Sammy here. Now, if this was the same thing with Sammy compared to Brian in 2014, there may be a possibility of a fan revolt. Fans were legitimately revolting for Brian in 2014. They're not revolting for Sammy. And WWE did what they needed to last night with the we want Jay, we want Jay. When Jay Uso, who everybody thinks walked out and is on Sami Zayn's side, oh my God, he's, he's an oos, right? Sa- Sammy is an oos. Sammy Uso, he's a brother to Jay Uso. No, he's not. He's just a colleague. He's just an affiliate. He's just a friend. It's not the bloodline. Everybody thinks Jay Uso is the guy that's going to save Sami Zayn in this, and he's going to turn his back on the bloodline. He's not turning his back on Jimmy. He's not turning his back on the tag team championships, and he's certainly not turning his back on Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn means nothing to Jay Uso at the end of it all. His absence will make you think, oh my God, the longer he's out, the more he's going to come to his senses, and he's going to side with Sami. He knows that Roman Reigns did wrong. No. He's going to show up at the chamber, he's going to show up in Montreal, and he's going to show up and align himself back with his family, and that is the hook that WWE needed. All of that heat transfers right to Jimmy and Jey Uso, and Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens get their tag team title match at WrestleMania. And that is going to be just as big, if not bigger of a moment, than Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. But there's no reason why we can't have two great moments, and those moments need to happen On the same night, the bloodline needs to fall and the bloodline needs to crumble on night two of WrestleMania. Now, if it was up to me, I'd put the tag team championship situation on in the main event of night one. I'd do the Usos and Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens in the main event of night one. I mean, fuck the women's championship. Nobody gives a fuck about Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Nobody. Over that? No. I'm sorry. But that's not the way things are going to go because Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble and WWE wants to give equal opportunity to the women because they deserve a main event if the men are getting a main event. There's no reason why we can't share in two great moments. There's no reason to make it all about one guy in Sami Zayn. We're going to get into the rest of SmackDown on this OTS post show. Thank you guys for joining me on... Thank you guys for joining me on... Your Saturday afternoons. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We got almost 2,000 people in here on a Saturday afternoon, man. I appreciate you guys. We're not really that far off from our normal audience on a Friday night. Please hit that thumbs up. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. I'd love if you guys can hit the thumbs up and we can get 1,000 likes minimum in the chat. So make sure you guys do that. No reason why we can't if we got 2,000 people in here. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships are open. We got two new members already. I appreciate you guys very much for the new memberships. Louis Anthony and Jose Cruz become new members. Thank you guys very much. What the fuck are you guys drinking on this Saturday afternoon? So make sure you guys join the VIP club. You're going to want to do that. We got members-only chats, emotes, badges exclusive to the podcast, and entry into my mother's basement. Coming soon. 
Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys also go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. We have live streams on Monday, Wednesday. I believe I was live on Tuesday as well. Because Thursday I went to go see Alterbridge live in concert on Long Island. So we did a Tuesday live stream. So go check that out. YouTube shorts as well. They are on the channel. Go check all that stuff out. And tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go get your free sample. Absolutely free. All you guys got to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Let's get into the top of SmackDown, man. We started things off with the tag team title situation and this tournament that WWE's been doing on Friday nights to find opponents in the interim for the Usos. Now, this was supposed to be Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, the Banger Bros, which WWE has now canceled the Banger Bros. They are no longer the Banger Bros, citing that WWE didn't have a clue as to what the Banger Bros meant when you went on Google and typed in Banger Bros. They didn't realize that it had any affiliation with the porno group, the Bang Bros. So you mean to tell me that Triple H, a guy who made a very good living with the term suck it, and made a very good living telling women during the Attitude Era to remove their shirts live in attendance. You mean to tell me that Paul Levesque didn't know what the fucking banger bros were? Well, the bang bros were? Well, the fact that they didn't have any affiliation with the porno group, bang bros? Not sure I believe that, bro. Not sure I believe that, Paul. But here we are. This was supposed to be the Bang Bros. Well, the Banger Bros against Imperium. Instead, we got Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus Imperium. And the winner of this would get an opportunity at the Usos at a later date. They didn't say when or where, but this more than likely will happen on a SmackDown. I did not like the outcome of this match. The match itself was fine. I mean, anytime Imperium is in there, I mean, it's just going to be a great match. But I did not like the outcome of this match because Imperium are not going on to wrestle the Usos for the tag team championships. Instead, it will be Braun Strowman and Ricochet. This was a very good match. I enjoyed this match a lot. This was probably easily the best match on the night for SmackDown last night. They really hyped up Logan Paul and Ricochet in the beginning of this thing. Now, I said on Saturday during my Royal Rumble post that maybe we get Ricochet versus Logan Paul. Looks like they are going with Logan Paul and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. And they are kickstarting the storyline off with Seth Rollins basically saying that he thinks that Logan Paul is only in this to become famous and that he's not a, a true wrestler, and he doesn't care about the wrestling business, and he's only in this thing to make himself famous and get more clicks and likes and social media impressions, that he doesn't give a shit about the business. 
So they're kickstarting Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. Should be a fine match. Should be a fine match. I hope to God that WWE does the right thing and gives Seth Rollins a victory over Logan Paul. Logan Paul could still be over in what he does in that match. But I think Seth Rollins, he would take, his credibility would take a little bit of a hit if he loses to Logan Paul. Can't have that happen. So they're selling that match for WrestleMania. So Strowman, he was in there. He was with Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. He was taking care of both of them. Imperium kind of regrouped that ringside. Gunther was out there. He's looking great. He's got the IC title with him. So after a little bit of a distraction on the outside, Kaiser took it to Ricochet, who tagged in with an uppercut. Strowman jumped off the apron. He ran around and did the wee-hee. The Strowman Express runs around, takes out Vinci at ringside. Gunther distracted Strowman. Kaiser went for a suicide dive, but Strowman caught him. Vinci then dove off the top rope onto Bolt with a huge cross-body block. Strowman, he's in the ring. He goes shoulder first into the ring post after a charging attack. They isolated Strowman on their portion or in their portion of the ring. Vinci slowed the pace down a little bit with a submission hold. Strowman broke free. Ricochet got the hot tag. Ricochet hit. A flying crossbody, springboard clothesline, standing shooting star press. He goes for a near fall, only gets a two count. Getting big time black and gold vibes when Vinci and Ricochet are in that ring, man. Unbelievable. Imperium, they regain control again. Strowman helped launch Ricochet onto Imperium at ringside. Ricochet and Gunther started arguing. A little bit of a history there between those guys. Ricochet pushed him. So Gunther, like a dummy shoves Ricochet and puts his hands on Ricochet. Now, the referee could have caused a disqualification here, but the referee saw all this thing go down, and he takes Gunther and kicks him out of the ringside area, and he continues the match. So Gunther is now barred from ringside. He gets sent to the back. So Ricochet and Kaiser, they're in the ring. They're going back and forth. Imperium worked together to take out Ricochet. They isolated Strowman on the outside. They knocked him off the apron. They went for the Imperium bomb, their finish, Ricochet escaped. Vinci caught Ricochet, hit a brain buster. Strowman broke up the pin. Strowman then goes back to the apron. He gets the hot tag, and things go crazy here. Strowman destroyed Imperium with clotheslines, and the finish came quickly thereafter. Strowman hit a monster bomb on Ludwig Kaiser. Ricochet then goes onto the top rope, onto Strowman's shoulders, and Strowman walks over to the middle of the ring, and Ricochet hits a swanton bomb off of Strowman's shoulders onto Kaiser. One, two, three. They win the match. They win the tournament. They are the number one contenders for the tag team championships, which is, I believe, for the SmackDown tag team championships because the Raw tag team titles were on the line when the Usos defended it against the Judgment Day on Raw a couple of weeks ago. So... I get that we got the babyface team of Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus the Usos. And the reason why they didn't do Sheamus and, uh, and Drew McIntyre is because, you know, they want to keep them looking strong. I, I think there are other plans involved for Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. I, I don't know what it is, but based on what we've seen, it looks like WWE kind of rerouted their path to WrestleMania. 
Because throwing them into a match with the Usos really didn't make any sense when we all know the Usos should not be losing the tag team championships going into WrestleMania. I mean, if you do Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, yes, it's a better match. We've seen it. And they're not going to win the tag team title. So why would you put them in that situation? WWE went with the easier decision and gave us, you know, a conclusion to a semi-decent tournament. And now we're giving us a babyface team that can lose to the Usos. They're not really a team, but they can lose to the Usos and it's not going to be any sweat off their back. Much better than Drew McIntyre and Sheamus in that role. Now, Imperium. I did not like the fact that they lost this tournament. This tournament was theirs. When Drew McIntyre and Sheamus went down and got taken out of the tournament, this was Imperium's tournament to win. Now, I know Triple H loves Gunther. I know he loves Imperium. Maybe he's setting them up for something a little bit further down the line where it's their time. I'm going to say that he feels like Imperium's time is not now. And that's the reason why he did not give them this tournament and a match with the Usos, which would be the much better match with the Usos, would be Imperium. No doubt about it. But he went with the safest choice. He went with a team that could still look strong, a babyface team that's not really a team, a babyface team that could lose, and nothing will happen. I just don't like to see Imperium lose coming off of Gunther's tremendous performance at the Royal Rumble. That was the only negative to this. Gunther lasted 72 minutes in the Royal Rumble, and it almost seems like he is the star of the show, which he is, but the other guys, more times than not, get put in situations where they lose, they don't really look strong. This tournament, they won a couple of matches, which is great, but when it comes to the big one, it feels like they don't win the big one. It feels like Gunther is here, and then Imperium is always, always struggling to catch up. When they're together, they are great. But when you see Gunther through his thing and then you see Kaiser and, and, and Vinci do their thing, it's not like they're on even playing fields. That's the problem I have. And it's tough. There's got to be a winner. There's got to be a loser. And I've been saying this for months, years. Imperium is the best tag team, not named the Usos in WWE. They may be the best tag team bell to bell in the entire WWE. Imperium. So we'll see what happens, but Ricochet and Braun Strowman are not winning the tag team championships, and this is just a little detour for the Usos on the way to WrestleMania because you know they're not losing those tag team championships, especially after what I talked about with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens getting the tag team title match at WrestleMania. Kayla Braxton, she interviewed Charlotte Flair, and... She talked about Rhea Ripley, regarding Rhea Ripley choosing to face her at WrestleMania. Charlotte, I don't know if anybody is truly behind Charlotte as a babyface. I mean, are you guys behind Charlotte as a babyface? I know I'm not. I can't stand her as a heel, never mind a fucking babyface. She said WrestleMania will be awesome. She said her focus tonight, though, is Sonya Deville. Deville interrupted and let out a big woo! said they're in Flair country, also known as Hicksville. She pointed at Charlotte's title and said she'll be the one defending against Rhea Ripley. Sure thing, Sonya, sure thing. She said, Hollywood needs a star. Charlotte smiled and told her to save her trash talking for the ring. I don't care. I don't care. The one thing I do care about is the fact that Sony Deville is pretty damn good at what she does. 
and Sonya Deville is being used as fucking an appetizer for Charlotte Flair on the road to WrestleMania. All on the road to Rhea Ripley. So what does Sonya Deville prove here? We all know that Sonya Deville is not going anywhere. She's not beating Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. She's not going to WrestleMania to wrestle Rhea Ripley. So why exactly would anybody invest? This is the part I don't get. Why would anybody invest in Sonya Deville in this program with Charlotte when we know there's only one true outcome? And that is Charlotte winning and retaining the title and going to WrestleMania. Nobody believes Sonya is going to WrestleMania. Nobody. So why would I, in turn, watch this match, care, and invest my time in what these two women are doing? Oh, but it's a good match. I don't give a shit. Story. The vibe in pro wrestling is changing. We want story. This does not present a meaningful story. Everything should have at least some story. What is Sonya Deville's story here? She feels slighted. Okay, what did she do for a championship opportunity? Beg? Plead? Attack Charlotte until Charlotte was dumb enough to put the title on the line? Excuse me if I don't find that to be a captivating and riveting tale. Do better. Nobody gives a shit. WWE is promoting this clash at the Coliseum. It's not a wrestling show. It's a NASCAR event. If you like NASCAR and find it to be entertaining, that's that's on you, man. I don't find NASCAR to be entertaining, entertaining at all. So we got a clip of the New Day and Rey Mysterio doing promotions for this Clash at the Coliseum event. Dominic, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest showed up. They crashed the party. Dominic asked Rey if he wants to lose to him in a go-kart race, or like he did when they went go-kart racing back when they were young. Ray says, I can spank you like I did when you were three years old if you don't shut your mouth. Not quite the burn I was expecting from Ray Mysterio. So they put on their race cart suits. Dominic said, I woke up this morning with a funny feeling. I pissed excellence and I feel great. New Day and Priest Balor, they were cheering as Ray and Dominic raced each other with obviously professional race car drivers running around the track, you know, taking the cars around the track. They had Ray and Dominic mic'd up, and they were trash-talking each other while they were sitting in the passenger seat of these race cars. Ray ended up winning. New Day lifted him in the air. Dominic, at the end, accused him of cheating and threw his helmet at him. They yelled at each other, and clearly they're setting up for something regarding the Mysterios at WrestleMania. At worst case, in a worst case scenario, it should be Ray and Dominic one-on-one. Will we get that? I don't know. There have been interviews saying that Ray Mysterio doesn't want to wrestle his son in a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. It may be the best thing for him because Dominic is getting legit heel heat. And he's doing a very good job in the current role and the current character that he's playing on TV right now. I think that may be best for him to get him to the next level. But what's the story going to be coming out of that? Is it going to be something where the Mysterios come together as a family again? Is this the last time we see Dominic in Judgment Day? Is Dominic going to continue being a heel after this match with Rey Mysterio, potentially at WrestleMania? I don't know. Is it going to be a passing of the torch moment? Is Rey Mysterio going to kind of cut back on what he's giving WWE? I don't know. 
But clearly they're planting seeds for something, at least something, with Dominic and Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. A one-on-one match would be great. I'd love to see that. But I thought this was pretty cool. WWE's got to get their, uh, their advertising money in. Now they got NASCAR promo- uh, promoting them. It's great. Charlotte Flair. She went one-on-one with Sony Deville. This was a SmackDown Women's Championship match. This was okay, I guess. It wasn't anything to write home about. I'm not going to go back and watch SmackDown again to go re-watch this riveting story of Sony Deville and Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair will be in the main event of WrestleMania. She will be defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley on Saturday night in the main event. I find it funny how Ric Flair... For weeks, he was campaigning for Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair to be the match at WrestleMania. That would be the match that would transcend the business, Charlotte Flair. And Bianca Belair says Ric Flair, her father. Now, all of a sudden, it shifted gears to Rhea Ripley. Because we all knew Bianca Belair, no matter what match she's going to be in, was not going to be in a main event match for a second year in a row. No, 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 no. Bianca Belair is not going to be in another main event of WrestleMania. That would make it two times she main events WrestleMania. Can't have that. There's only one woman that is set for that throne, that record, Charlotte. This is the reason why the narrative of Bianca Charlotte got thrown out the window. And as soon as Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble, Charlotte Flair's main event chances went right to the top. Now we got Rhea Ripley in the main event of WrestleMania on night one against Charlotte Flair. Rhea Ripley gets her championship match, but Charlotte Flair adds another meaningless accolade to her resume. And she main events WrestleMania for a second time in a row. The only woman to do that in WWE history. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. As long as the right outcome as long as the right outcome happens at WrestleMania. And that's Rhea Ripley becoming the SmackDown. Women's champion. And revenge is served cold for Rhea Ripley. This match with Sonya Deville went nowhere. Went 10 minutes. Don't really care about anything these women were doing. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't offensive. It wasn't egregious. I just don't care. I just don't care. Did it drag? Absolutely. And it dragged because I didn't care. I want to care. Story is greater than anything. This had no story. Flair was in control. She goes up top. Flying crossbody. Goes for a near fall. Charlotte, the one thing that I noticed about Charlotte is that Charlotte should not be flying off the top rope. Charlotte is not graceful in her uh, movements off the top rope. She's not. Crossbody looked a little wonky. The moonsault is the worst moonsault in the history of the business. I I don't know why we continue to send Charlotte Flair into space, jumping off the top rope. The one thing that Charlotte did do good when she did do it was her Spanish fly. I don't know why we don't have Charlotte doing the Spanish fly off the top rope. That she did well. I'd rather her do that than the fucking moonsault. I'd rather her do that because that's something her husband does. Thank God she doesn't do that moonsault and she misses it and then lands in the ring and then does another moonsault like Andrade does. My God, she fucked that up so bad. Her husband's like, honey, please. Can you stop using my moves? You're making my move look bad. 
crossbody for a near fall. DeVille then grabbed Charlotte by the hair, started slamming her back on the mat. DeVille, she was in control. Flair fought back, rolled up DeVille for a near fall. She started to fight back with some chops. She avoided a right hand, hit a back suplex. Flair took it to DeVille with some forearms, hit the big boot, goes for cover, gets a two count. DeVille took advantage a little bit again. Flair missed a boot against the ropes. DeVille rocked Flair with a big pump kick. She goes for a near fall, only gets a two count. She hits a knee off the middle rope. DeVille went for a figure four leg lock, thinking that she was going to get one over on Charlotte. This did not work out the way she intended. Flair countered with a small package. Flair hits the natural selection, and then she gets the figure eight. One, two, three, and Sonya DeVille realizes she doesn't have a chance in hell and decided to tap out. Charlotte Flair retains the SmackDown Women's Championship in a match. I'm not sure if you guys heard me the first six times that I said it. I don't care. What is Charlotte doing on the road to WrestleMania? I don't know. I don't know. We will see. Rhea Ripley should become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. That's all that I have my eyes set on. We go to the back. The bloodline is sitting backstage. Solo Sokoa is sitting on the couch. Jimmy Uso is sitting on the couch. Paul Heyman is sitting in the back. They got this table with a ton of bottled beverages, bottled water, illuminated in this blue light. Looked pretty cool. And Roman's sitting in his chair as the head of the table. So... Jimmy and Reigns are discussing Jay Uso. Reigns asks Jimmy where his brother is. Where is Jay? Has anybody heard from Jay? So Jimmy said he didn't know. Reigns asked if he talked to Jimmy. Jimmy says, no, I haven't heard from him. Reigns says that seems disrespectful. Not only does he walk out, he doesn't care enough to communicate. You know, you guys have a tag team title match next week. He said, you don't walk out on your obligations. He turned and looked Jimmy in the eyes and said, I'm going to ask you again. Have you talked to Jay? And Jimmy sat up and said, I'm going to tell you again. No, I haven't talked to Jay. He's going to be there, Oos. He wouldn't let me down. He just needs time to chill out. Reigns asked if he'll be there for the entire bloodline or just him. Reigns says they don't seem to understand the urgency that is needed right now. Reigns asked Heyman if it's WrestleMania season. Heyman says, yes, it's WrestleMania season, my tribal chief. Reigns told Jimmy and Solo, go find Jey Uso now. Reigns is not happy. Where's Jey Uso? I don't know. I don't know. We won't see Jay Uso until the Elimination Chamber. You guys can last a couple of weeks without Jay Uso on WWE TV. It will make for a better story. The Brawling Brutes, they went into a tag team match against the Viking Raiders. Brawling Brutes seem to have cooled off in recent weeks, especially coming out of the War Games pay-per-view. They seem to have cooled off on WWE TV. Pete Dunne Butch and Rich Holland weren't even in the Royal Rumble match, which was a little shocking. 
The Viking Raiders, man, I've said this for a couple weeks now. I I cannot get behind this Viking Raiders. I I can't. I'm I'm about done with this version of the Viking Raiders. I I think bringing Sarah Logan back and turning her into Valhalla and giving her that, that gimmick and the whole vibe and the dark Viking vibe, the witch-like vibe that she plays on TV, it, it is not working out for them. It is way over the top. It is to a point where it is just over the top and people don't really associate with it. People don't care. Triple H is in charge here. Triple H is in charge of the main roster now, supposedly, right? We're to believe that Triple H is in charge of creative. The Viking Raiders, the best form of the Viking Raiders that we've ever gotten in WWE was them on Black and Gold NXT as the War Raiders. They were relatable. They were fucking cool. They didn't play into their Viking heritage and their Viking cosplay and their love for Vikings. I I, I get it. But this is a situation where less is more. And right now, they're going way above and beyond and way over the top. And it's not really translating well to the TV audience. It's not translating well to the live audiences. And they, they honestly come off as a jobber team. They do. They're big. They're scary. They know what the fuck they're doing. They're a great team. But the fans don't look at them as anything more. And they can beat the Viking. Uh, they could beat the Brawling Brutes here. They could, they could beat down on the New Day and, and whatnot. It's all going to come back to the gimmick. Are people going to care? People don't care. They don't. It's very difficult to invest in something like this. They're cool. But I'm not where I want to be with the Viking Raiders. And I want to like them. I do. This match went nine minutes. Viking Raiders get the victory here over the Brawling Brutes. Like I said, the Brutes have cooled off. So, it was short. It was physical, as you would expect from these guys. Ivar back Butch into a corner, started going at him with some body shots. Butch tried fighting back with some forearms. Ivar overpowered him. Brawling Brutes took over, gave Eric the 10 beats like Sheamus does. Valhalla on the outside caused a distraction. This allowed Eric to send Butch into the barricade. Holland tagged in. He threw Eric across the ring for a series of suplexes. Holland escaped the powerbomb, hit an Alabama slam for a near fall. Ivar then went to the top rope. Butch countered this with a Huron Karana off the second turnbuckle. And that was for a near fall. Butch went up for a moonsault. Ivar caught him. Caught him in a power slam. Ivar took out Holland with a spinning back kick. And after looking down at Valhalla, the Raiders hit Ragnarok on Butch for the 1-2-3. Again, I don't really find myself invested in what the Viking Raiders are selling. After the match is over, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus walked out, brawled with the Viking Raiders, and they brawled all the way up the aisleway and into the back, and that was the last we've seen of all four guys. So WWE took out the Banger Bros from the tournament to put them in a feud with the Viking Raiders, gave Ricochet and Braun Strowman the match that they're not going to win, just like Sheamus and Drew McIntyre were not going to win the tag team titles from the Usos, put them in something, and then they're going to focus on Gunther and the Intercontinental title. That's what they're doing. That's the direction for WrestleMania. Now, I would prefer a one-on-one match with Sheamus and Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship with Sheamus beating Gunther 
and capturing the one title that he has not won yet in all of WWE, and that is the Intercontinental title. That's what I'd love to see. That would be another great moment on top of a string of WrestleMania moments that we are lining up for at WrestleMania. Look at the WrestleMania moments that are going to be at this year's WrestleMania. We're going to get Cody Rhodes, maybe, I would say, good possibility of it happening, beating Roman Reigns for the undisputed title, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens beating the Usos for the undisputed tag team titles. Then we got Sheamus and Gunther for the Intercontinental title. Sheamus winning his first Intercontinental title, and then Rhea Ripley getting her revenge on Charlotte Flair and winning the SmackDown Women's Championship. Those are four WrestleMania moments right there. It's great. The thing is, I don't think it's going to be just Sheamus and Gunther at WrestleMania. If it's just Sheamus and Gunther at WrestleMania, what do we do with Drew McIntyre? He's not really involved in bloodline business right now. He's more on this playful, competitive nature with Sheamus, who they're very, very good friends in real life with, right? I'd say if Drew McIntyre needed a WrestleMania match, yeah, let's give him Solo Sokoa. I don't really think they tied up loose ends there with Solo Sokoa. But Drew McIntyre, like I said, doesn't really fit into the blood and light business. Where does he fit? He fits in with Sheamus. Now, I'd love to see Sheamus and Gunther, but it is very difficult, very difficult to leave Drew McIntyre off of a WrestleMania card So what I'm thinking that they do, and I know there have been reports about this. We'll talk about this tomorrow live on the podcast. Sheamus, Gunther, and Drew McIntyre in a triple threat match. I said this as much on Tuesday's live stream. There's a good possibility of that being the Intercontinental Championship match. Sheamus, Gunther, and Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship. Can you imagine the carnage that that match would be at WrestleMania? And normally I'd say, well, let's put Drew McIntyre in there to protect Gunther so Gunther doesn't need to take a pinfall loss and Sheamus can beat Drew McIntyre and win the Intercontinental Championship. No, 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 no. No. Normally I'd say that. But this is not a normally. Sheamus and Gunther is the story. Sheamus, if this is a triple threat match, should absolutely be the one to pin Gunther and win the Intercontinental Championship, and then celebrate with Drew McIntyre. That's the feel-good story. That's the feel-good story. It's all about Sheamus and Gunther. Sheamus pins Gunther. Gunther taking one pinfall loss to a guy like Sheamus will do absolutely nothing to harm Gunther in any way. So why not? That's what I'd love to see. That's what I would love to see happen. And there's a good chance of that happening. But it all falls on Triple H and how he's feeling that day. Either way, Sheamus winning the Intercontinental Championship is your story at WrestleMania. That's what needs to be. WWE showed Bray Wyatt sitting in his rocking chair backstage. He was looking at some garage door in the back, rocking on his rocking chair. And then all of a sudden, we see Uncle Howdy walk in, put his hand on Bray's shoulders, And they both turned towards each other and the camera as the video abruptly ended. Boy, they are really, really trying their best to take you out of the Uncle Howdy story with Bray Wyatt. What exactly was the point of that segment on last night's show? Can someone please tell me? I don't really understand what the fuck they're doing. 
First of all, this storyline started off so good. We got L.A. Knight and the interactions with L.A. Knight and seeing Bray Wyatt kind of, you know, toyed with with L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt sinking into these different emotions on television. L.A. Knight cut some great promos on Bray. He looked like the star of this entire program. Then we get to the pitch black match, which was fucking awful at Royal Rumble. It lasted about six minutes. It did nothing to enhance either guy. It did nothing to further the story at all. L.A. Knight wasn't even on the show tonight. And we got Bray Wyatt in a follow-up coming out of the Royal Rumble, where that should be one of the... This should be the second biggest story on SmackDown. And all we got was Bray Wyatt sitting in a rocking chair with Uncle Howdy, and they both look into the camera abruptly in a 10-second segment. That's basically me... Watching SmackDown this week, and we missed the week of Bray Wyatt's story with Uncle Howdy. Irrelevant. This added no substance to the overall story. None. Now, if there is, I'd love somebody to tell me what the fucking story is coming out of this 10-second segment. But you basically told everybody, we got nothing here, and this is a missable week. We're going to skip this week and go on to next week. What's Bray's direction going into WrestleMania? Does he have any clear direction going into WrestleMania? Are we going to get Bray Wyatt versus somebody else in a feud going into WrestleMania? Does WWE plan to put Bray Wyatt in a big cereal bowl with cinnamon toast crunch and milk at WrestleMania? I don't know. They had no problem giving him Mountain Dew pitch black. Look like fucking Double Dare on Nickelodeon. Looks like some fucking rave on Miami, on Miami Strip. Nobody wants to see this fucking cheesy garbage. Like, what are we doing with Bray Wyatt going into WrestleMania? Are we going to get Bray Wyatt versus Uncle Howdy at WrestleMania? Is that the direction? Are we going to wait till WrestleMania to find out who the fuck Uncle Howdy is? How many people are going to be invested and interested in this storyline going into WrestleMania Coming out of all these weeks, we've been on this shit since Extreme Rules, and we have no answers to any questions. None. Oh, but the puppets. Oh, but Bray Wyatt, he's got this new mask. Oh, Uncle Howdy. Who the fuck is he? Who is he? And why would he want to wrestle Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania? What is his affiliation to Bray? We, we still have no answers to none of this. I don't know. Only time will tell. Right now, my interest in the Bray Wyatt shit is sinking, sinking, sinking. Natalia, she went into a fatal four-way match here with Zelina Vega, Shayna Baszler, and Shotzi Blackheart. Winner of this match qualifies for the Elimination Chamber in Montreal. So Nikki Cross is in the chamber, Liv Morgan is in the chamber, Asuka is in the chamber, and Raquel Rodriguez is in the chamber. So who is going to join those four women in the chamber? Now why are those four women in the chamber but these women have to qualify? WWE's explanation of it is those are the last four women eliminated in the Royal Rumble. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. That's what we're going for. That sounds like a sound explanation to me. Fine. 
This match went eight minutes. Shotzi dove through the ropes, tackled Baszler at ringside. Vega, she's in there. She backflipped off the middle rope on both Baszler and Shotzi at ringside. Natalia went after all three on the floor. Zelina broke up Natalia's pin attempt, put Shotzi in a sharpshooter. Baszler put Vega in a Kirifuda clutch mid-ring. As you see, there's no story to this match. It's just spot after spot after spot. Vega faded in the Kirifuda. Natalia broke it up. Baszler put her in the sleeper. Natalia broke free, put Vega in a sharpshooter. Vega tapped out, and Natalia is going to the elimination chamber. Why is Natalia, out of all these women, instead of Shayna or Shotzi, going into the chamber? Because the chamber is in Canada, and Natalia is Canadian. So they felt like, let's get some hometown representation in there. Good. Natalia's in the chamber. Natalia will not be winning the Elimination Chamber, and she's only there because it's Canada, and she's representing her hometown. Fine. The other lady that will qualify is going to be either Candice LeRae, Meechin, Mia Yim, Piper Niven, or Carmella. I could see Piper Niven getting involved. In fact, I'd love to see Piper Niven win that match on Monday and advance to the Elimination Chamber. I think she'd cause a lot of carnage in there. Good. Either her or Candice LeRae, one or the other. Johnny's in his match. Johnny's in the chamber for the United States title. It'd be really cool to see his wife battle for an opportunity at the Raw Women's Championship, but I'm going with Piper Niven. Heyman. He informed Roman Reigns that his call to Jay Uso went right to voicemail. Jimmy came back in the room after Roman Reigns went to go sent went to go send them to go look for Jay Uso. Jimmy said, I couldn't get a hold of Jay either. Big fat zero, he told Roman Reigns. Reigns says, I just don't understand. For all the times of the year for this to happen, Reigns says, we were doing so good, no problems, no hiccups. He then said, I have so much on my plate. You guys don't understand the stress and the burden of the position and all this shit that I'm feeling being pulled in different directions. I'm being spread very thin. He apologized for his tone earlier. He says he's worried for Jay, and he needs them to be as strong as they ever were. He said, if they are not, there's no more of their success in the ring. He said, Heyman, call for catering. The catering is in the bus. Steaks and whatever else, beverages, Go make sure you guys go eat, and I'll catch up with you later. I'm going to go handle some business in the ring, says Roman Reigns. What a tribal chief. Steaks and charcuterie and drinks catered to the bus. Love it. Makes me want to travel with the bloodline. Gotta love it. So he does go out to the ring, and business is going to be handled by Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman walk to the ring. And huge chance of Sammy. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Reigns wants the crowd to acknowledge him. Instead, they chanted Sammy instead. Reigns says it's pretty obvious who they want him to talk about. I'd rather talk about Cody Rhodes. Some booze in there. Some booze in there. Things like that are not going to really get by the audience. Can't really be saying that when people are chanting for Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. It's not going to make Cody look good. So I don't know why they did that. He said, Cody won the Royal Rumble, and he deserves my attention. More booze. Not a good look. 
But you simple folks have reduced me to talking about the past. He said he'll talk about Sammy if they want. He says they are looking at two sides to every story here. So you're going to hear his. He said in order to hear his side, they have to go back to war games. He said he told everyone when he looked at Sammy, he saw everything he wanted. He saw greed. He says he gave Sammy the opportunity of a lifetime, and all he's done is use his island of relevancy. Roman was getting very angry here. He said the fans are the same way. They just want more and more and more and never give back. Sammy, I didn't think Sammy was going to be on this show. All of a sudden, Sammy attacks Roman Reigns from behind, dressed in a black hoodie. We all knew who it was. Sammy attacked Roman Reigns from behind. Heyman got out of Dodge real quick. Fans are cheering for Sammy, took off his black hoodie. Reigns fought back with some knees to Sammy's midsection, stomped away at him. Heyman grabbed the chair for Roman Reigns after requesting it. Sammy recovered in the meantime as Roman Reigns was asking for a chair. Sammy gets up and he speared Roman Reigns better than you could ever imagine. What a spear by Sammy Zayn. Huge Sammy Zayn champ broke out. Sammy picked up the chair, swung it at Reigns, and Reigns absolutely got out of harm's way, rolled out of the ring quicker than you can blink. And Sammy was obsessed with getting revenge on Roman Reigns. Sammy yelled at Roman. He says he's wrong about him. I never wanted anything from you until now. I'm coming after you and the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. He wants a shot at Roman Reigns in the championship all of a sudden from behind. This is where the Usos being sent to the catering bus, you know, they did not listen to Reigns, but Reigns had a smile on his face and he was very happy to see his bloodline. Jimmy and Solo shot up from behind Sammy and attacked Sammy. They super kicked him. Solo gave him the Samoan spike. Sammy is reimagining just all of what happened at the Royal Rumble. He's going through the same Royal Rumble flashbacks now. They put Sammy's head in a chair. Solo was about to do the charge in the corner. Reigns put his hand up in front of Solo and said, no, no. He walked over to Sammy. He pulled the chair off of Sammy Zayn. Fans chanted, we want Jay, we want Jay, we want Jay. Reigns says Sammy broke up the bloodline and his right-hand man, Jay, is not there anymore because of him. He said, Sammy, we'll get what he wants on my time. I'll give you what you want under my conditions. I want you in Montreal at the chamber, and I'm going to dismantle you in front of your family and friends. He says he wants them to see what happens when you mess with my family. Sammy was listening. He struggled to get up. He just sat there in the corner. Another huge Sammy champ broke out. Reigns presented Sammy with the titles, holding the titles up. This is my life. This is what you want. This is what it's about to you. I'm going to give you what you want. And the show ends with Roman Reigns showing off both championships to Sammy Zayn as SmackDown fades to black. Like I said in the beginning, I want you guys to focus on the we want Jay, we want Jay chance. The Cody chance or the Cody boos, rather. There were no chance for Cody. The Cody boos in the beginning of this Roman Reigns promo were a little unsettling. You guys want to talk about Sammy, but I want to talk about Cody. Boos. 
I want to talk about Cody because he deserves my attention because he won the Royal Rumble. Booze. You're not getting any brownie points from the audience by mentioning Cody Rhodes in a segment with Sami Zayn. I don't know why Cody was even mentioned here. I don't know why Cody was mentioned here. Cody's name should have been out of sight, out of mind. Yet they wanted to mention Cody not once but twice, and they got booze. And the latter, the booze got, I became a little bit worried about what would happen if WWE kept this shit up. Cody Rhodes should not be mentioned in the same sentence here with Sami Zayn. Because you're just asking for trouble there. But we want Jay. We want Jay. That's the part that WWE really needs to focus in on. This heat that you're feeling now between Sammy and Roman and all your feelings about Sammy and Roman at WrestleMania, I'm going to need you guys to take a step back, reel that shit in. It's not about Sammy and Roman at WrestleMania. It's about Cody and Roman. We want Jay. We want Jay is the WWE's door. They're going to walk through that door and the heat is going to be transferred from Sammy and Roman to Jay and Sammy. And then the Usos, Kevin Owens, tag team championship match coming out of the chamber will be set for WrestleMania. The only thing that you need to see happen at the Elimination Chamber is Sami Zayn come to a huge part in the match where he's about to put Roman away. And Jay Uso, Jay Uso ruins all of that and Roman gets the victory over Sami. He does something behind the referee's back. He does something away from the referee's vision that shows Sami Zayn that Jay Uso is not really his Uso. That Sami Zayn is not really his brother. And that his brother is Jimmy. His brother is Solo. His family is the bloodline. Sami does not mean anything to Jay Uso. Jay Uso ruins Sami Zayn from beating the Tribal Chief after a hellacious match, an epic match. There's going to be some fucking near-fall teases that are going to make you believe that Sami's got this thing won, but it's not going to be the case. Then we see Kevin Owens, and then we see all of that move from Roman and Sami to Roman and Cody to Usos, Sami, and Kevin Owens. That's the only way here. And a lot of people are like, oh, J.D., uh, Sami Zayn, you know, in that moment, how is Jay Uso going to be in Montreal when WWE might not have Jay Uso at their disposal in Montreal? That's not the case. Jay Uso more than likely will be allowed in Montreal. It's Jimmy Uso that's not going to be allowed in Montreal. There's nothing to do with Jay Uso. WWE has only one way to book this, and that's the way to do it. Jay Uso is the one that is going to be allowed in Montreal to finish this storyline. If WWE doesn't have either of the Usos, I don't know how they get this storyline to play out that way. The reason why you're seeing all of this now in the absence of Jay Uso is because he's going to reemerge in Montreal. WWE would not be doing what they're doing now if that was not the case. Jay Uso is off television. It's not Jimmy Uso. Jay Uso is the story, not Jimmy Uso. That's the only way that it needs to work out. But that doesn't really even after all that, doesn't really make me at ease about what's going to happen with Cody Rhodes. WWE needs to rein this shit in, man. I don't want to be beaten over the head about Cody's sob story. I don't want to be beaten over the head about Cody's dad and Cody's desire to win the WWE Championship and Cody main eventing WrestleMania. 
You've done nothing leading up to this point right now that gives me signals that Cody deserves it. What has Cody done to deserve it? Nothing. He went through six men in the Royal Rumble, not 29, and he lasted 15 minutes, if that, in the Royal Rumble, not the allotted time of 30-plus, which would have been fine. He should have came out at number one, or if not, number 15 in the middle of the pack. He struggled zero in that Royal Rumble, zero. The only time he struggled was against a guy who was in there for 72 fucking minutes. I don't know how that plays off to you, but that doesn't play off to me as Cody Rhodes struggling at all. In fact, it made me want to see Gunther win the Royal Rumble and not Cody Rhodes. That's the vibe I got watching that. I said it then, I'm going to say it now. They booked it ass backwards. They got a real uphill battle if they want to fucking take that plunger and give me the boyhood dream has come true bullshit like they did with Shawn Michaels with Cody Rhodes. That's not going to win Cody Rhodes any fucking favors. And I don't want to hate Cody Rhodes, and I don't want to be against Cody Rhodes and the story of Cody Rhodes wrestling Roman Reigns because I've asked for it for months. But WWE hasn't gone and done it the right way yet. That's why people are Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Should be Roman and Sammy. It should be Sammy, Cody, and Roman. No. No. WWE needs to do right by Sammy, and WWE needs to do right by the storyline that you're watching with the bloodline, and they need to do right by Cody, and they need to do right by giving Roman a title match that is going to be worthy of taking the titles off of Roman Reigns after two-plus years. It's a lot. But they're not going to get there by, oh my God, Cody. No. It's not what I want to see. I want to see somebody valiantly fighting from behind while the fucking entire world is against him. I want to see Cody fight from behind while the bloodline is dominating. I want to see Cody fight from behind, coming off of a debilitating injury, lasting 30, 40 minutes in the Royal Rumble and struggling to win the Royal Rumble. We didn't get any of that. And I'm supposed to invest the way WWE wants me to in Cody Rhodes because he won the Royal Rumble. Here you go, Cody. Here's your free ride to WrestleMania. I don't know, man. Maybe I look at it in a different way. Maybe I look at it in a different way. Maybe I have too much of a high standard for what happens in the Rumble and what happens going into WrestleMania. This is going to be one of the most important WrestleManias of our lifetime. And WWE could potentially botch the one match that everybody asks for and turn everybody against the one guy we want to see win the world championship. There are people out there that don't want Cody Rhodes to win the world championship. And to be honest with you, I don't blame you fucking people. Especially not with the way the direction WWE is going. Let's tone that shit down. Let Cody go out there and win matches. Let Cody go out there and struggle. Let Cody out there and feel like his shit is getting pushed in on the road to WrestleMania. It'll come off a lot better than, boo-hoo, Cody, Dusty. Fuck out of here, man. Ridiculous. Anyway, I appreciate you guys joining me on this Saturday afternoon, man. 895 likes. We got... Over 2,000 in the venue. I appreciate you guys, man. Please, can we get... We need 105 likes for 1,000. Can we do that? 
I'd love to see a, a thousand likes. Easy on the live stream. So if you guys want to hit that thumbs up, I would really appreciate it. Get those super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships are open. Get them on in. And as a programming note, I will be live after NXT Vengeance Day tonight on Off The Scripts. So make sure you guys come on back later tonight, man. We're going to be talking a little bit of NXT and what happens coming out of the Vengeance Day pay-per-view. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And make sure you guys go check out all the other videos on the channel. Monday Night Raw, OTS 462 on Tuesday, AEW Dynamite, and all the YouTube shorts are right there on the channel. So go check them out. Tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Cody Rhodes was confident winning that Royal Rumble. Sami Zayn was confident last night on SmackDown by showing up and attacking and blindsiding Roman Reigns, man. Confidence like that can take you far in life. It can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in play. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets. And at a fraction of the cost, you can take them anytime, day or night. Plan ahead, be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is very simple, guys. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Consult with one of their online medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part is all done online. No waiting in line, no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations. It's easy. And Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to you in a very discreet package. I always talk about first impressions, man. First impressions are big. They are very important. Why not make a first impression and a lasting impression? You can't do that without Blue Chew. Blue Chew, try it for free. Code JD at checkout, bluechew.com. All you guys have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, and I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the podcast right here on OTS. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Lewis Anthony, thank you for your new membership, brother. What are you drinking to celebrate a first time in the OTS VIP room? Marquise with 16 months. Yo, JD, Sammy has to be in the main event with Cody and Roman, unfortunately. Part is Cody getting hurt, so they have to make that move so Cody doesn't get booed. No. No. Cody and Roman, Sammy and KO versus the Usos. That's it. Ted Evans. With 12 months, if Sammy doesn't take the title at WrestleMania, 10 years from now, the question will be, what if? Listen, man, let it be what if. Let it be one if. What if? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys. Jose Cruz, thank you for the new membership, brother. What are you drinking to celebrate? First time in the VIP club. The tantalizing Tony Wrestling Show. I love your take on this. My show's chat is obsessed with this too. Sammy, in my opinion, is the crowd favorite. 
Heard some Cody boos. I heard the Cody boos as well, Tony. Thank you for the $10 Super Chat. Steve Winyard with a $10 Super Chat. From what I've seen online, Cody is the third most popular option to beat Roman after Sammy and Jay Uso. In fact, I have seen a fair few times it is Sammy or Jay or Bust. Well, Steve, I don't know what inner circles you're in on social media. Those are the people that I would prefer you to stay away from. Jay Uso is not wrestling Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Joseph Taylor with a $6 super chat. JD, are you going to watch and review NXT Valentine's Day tonight? Uh, it's NXT Vengeance Day, Joseph Taylor. And yes, I will be live. Brandon Hudgens with a four months. Thank you, Brandon, for the four months. What are you drinking tonight, brother? OTS fam, happy with the bloodline and also happy to see where this goes. But WrestleMania approaching soon. Zach Smith with a Canadian, 699. Sammy doesn't need to be the guy to be an important character. The tag match is going to be phenomenal and will be the second biggest match on the show. Yes, that's what people don't understand, Zach. The tag team title match between the Usos, Sammy, and KO will be the second biggest match of the entire weekend. Like, I don't In some circles, it may be the most important. Because the guy that you care about most is going to be in that match, so that, by default, would make that match the most important. No? Wednesday Adams with a 44.99 Super Chat. Thank you, Wednesday Adams. He Hello, Jay. The, the American actress Lisa Loring, who played the original Wednesday Adams in the Adams family in the 1960s, just passed away last week on the Saturday on Saturday, age of 64. I I'm sorry to hear that Wednesday, Adams. I had no idea. My thoughts and prayers to Lisa Loring and her family. Steve Winyard with a $5 Super Chat. We need some fire or something different from Cody. Yes, I agree. Cody doesn't have that that oomph to him anymore. I don't know. I don't know what happened. No more crying or sobbing. How long will fans want to listen to this? I'm tired of it. Enough. I agree. It's like Cody lost his edge. Sean Ray J with a ten dollars super chat. This Cody thing is similar to Charlotte, gone for seven months and handed an opportunity with no struggle. Cody should lose that mania and build him back up to get there. You know, that that they that actually may not be a bad idea, bro, to be honest with you. The one problem facing WWE right now is they think that they're going to get a tremendous storyline where Cody deserves the title in 6 weeks. No, that's the problem. That that that's why there's so much indifference right now. That the, the fans are split. Sammy has been chasing he hasn't really been chasing, but he's been, he's been the focus for so long. And now that it's all kind of come to a head, now people want Sammy to get his revenge and win the titles and take what is most important to Roman. Are you going to be able to duplicate that story with Cody Rhodes in six weeks? You're not. You're not. Some people might not think of it that way. I certainly think of it that way. You can't do it. You can't do it. 
They're going to have an uphill battle no matter what going into WrestleMania with Cody Rhodes. Sean Ray J with a $10 super chat. The Cody thing is similar to Charlotte. Gone for seven months, handed an opportunity with no struggle. Cody should lose at Manny and build him back up together. Yes. I absolutely agree with that. Actually, no, not that song. Uh, what do we got? Let me play. I'm going to play some Doc. Uh, Steve Winnie with a $5 super chat. I wanted Cody to win the Rumble, but not in the way that they did it. I still want Cody versus Roman, but they have to... Book this perfectly from now on. Yeah. Absolutely. Robbie Freeman with six months. Thank you, Robbie Freeman with six months in the VIP club. Studio Nick Tendo with a new membership. Studio, what the fuck are you drinking, brother? Welcome. Paul Troy with a $5 super chat. I'm hearing rumors about damage control versus Ronda and Shayna at Mania. Me too. Me too. Ricardo Little with 30 months in the VIP club. Oh, my goodness. For seven-plus years, J.D. has smashed the IWC with the hammer of truth. Throw your ones in the air for the tribal chief of the IWC. Hashtag we the ones. Ricardo. Thank you, brother. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. I wonder if the new Bloodline shirt is an omen. About the group, it only shows Roman and Heyman, and the Usos are not to be found. I thought they just bit off my design. That new Roman shirt looks like my Twitter profile picture. Mendelf's Isma with the $2 Superjet. Sami Zayn might be the most intriguing opponent yet. Indeed, he absolutely is. Furious Nation with a four ninety nine. What's up, J.D.? Sorry to tell you this, bro, but my grandpa sadly died on Wednesday at the age of 85. Furious Nation, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. Thoughts and prayers for Furious. Let me see those prayer emojis in the chat. For his grandpa. Sidro with a $5 super chat. We got some jokes by Sidro. I'll get to that in a second. King Zagar with a 449. I also totally agree with Sammy. KO versus Usos. Makes perfect sense, especially with the interaction these four had had with each other since KO warned Sammy about all this. Bro, that's what people aren't getting. The interactions between the Usos and KO, Usos and Sammy about KO, it's long-term booking. People just don't pay attention. Sidro, what do you call a WWE referee who is also a Jedi master? Mikey Yoda. I like that one. I like that one a lot, Sidro. Thank you for the uh, entertainment this evening. The comedian of the OTS family is Sidro. MJ, I'm already dead with a new membership. The Dud with a new membership. Thank you, gentlemen. What the fuck are you guys drinking on this Saturday afternoon happy hour? 
Mendelfs Isma with a $2 super jack. Cody Stance is more like a heel. Number 30, and Braggs. I didn't like number 30, man. It should have been number one or at, at, at least number 15. Anthony Collintone with a new membership. Anthony, what the fuck are you drinking? Thank you for the new membership and welcome. Already dead, the Dud and Anthony to the VIP club. Hollywood guy with a $10 super chat. JD, what if Jay goes for the title versus Roman? No. Just saying it started with Jay losing to Roman and making him a servant. What if Jay beat Roman for revenge? No. I'm going to need you guys to get all that shit out of your head immediately. Steve Winyard with a $5 super chat. WWE has been reckless with Cody. Booking at number 30. Damian Priest calling Cody out for that number 30. And Roman on SmackDown. Believe me, Steve. I got all these things listed in a list of things as to why it might not work out for Cody Rhodes. Exotic Gaming with a $4.99. My friend Electrix hates Alter Bridge for some reason. Well, your friend Electrix is a fucking asshole. Get him out. Uh, Jaxo, 23 with a five-month membership. Appreciate you, brother. Drew versus Sheamus versus Gunther is the current rumor right now for us. So many Jay Uso will stay in the bloodline since Roman and Jimmy are his blood. Yes. Metalhead for life with 14 months. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking? All he says to celebrate is OTS forever. Love it. Q, the content guy with a 999. What's up, JD? Glad I'm going to Mania. Feeling good about some of the rumored things that will be happening also. Still holding hope that Naomi will return. I don't know, man. I gave up. I gave up. Whenever she shows up, she shows up. I'm not concerned about that right now. YFNPG with a 199. One day I'll be in creative spot for WWE, hopefully. I'm not sure that's a position you really want, PG. Raymond Moore with a new membership. Raymond, what the fuck are you drinking, man? Love it. Love the energy tonight. Golden Faces with a $5 super chat. It took me a solid five minutes to think of who the women tag team champions were. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd burn them. They're absolutely useless and irrelevant. Nobody gives a shit. Cody Snyder with a $10 super chat. Man, if Randy were back, I'd really like to see Cody and Randy at Mania. That is something I'd be looking forward to. Maybe at some point later on, I miss Randy. He's too great for it to end like this. Rooting for you, Randy. I, man, I wish, I wish Randy was back for WrestleMania. They got a built-in feud with fucking uh, Matt Riddle waiting right there for him. Honestly. We got Derek Anawaii with 14 months. What's up, Oos? I finally got verified on Twitter. Derek, did you pay for the verification or did you actually got verified? Raymond Moore with three months. Can't wait for the 30th anniversary of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on Netflix in April. Also, Cody Rhodes for life. There's a 30th anniversary of Power Rangers on Netflix? What is it, a new movie? Johnny with 499. 
Would this be a great main event for AEW Full Gear for the world title? MJF versus Darby versus Sammy versus Jungle Boy. MJF loses the title there. No. MJF is taking the title into next year because the biggest free agent of 2024 storyline will be played out with MJF as the world champion. Eric Martinez, 499. JD, how cool would it have been if Sammy attacked Jimmy and Solo while they were eating in the bus? It wouldn't have been cool at all, bro. Roman is the guy he wants, so he went after Roman. Mike NY with nine months, Bloodline playing Roman, will turn on him raw after Mania. I don't know why people are saying that. We'll see what happens. Jason Barker. Thank you for five months in the VIP club. What are you drinking, my man? You are doing so good on this YouTube thing, and I really hope that you are right when it comes to KO and Sammy versus Usos. Jason, thank you. And uh, I am pretty sure that I am correct. Macho T, my guy Macho T's in the chat. Look at this fucking guy. You guys want your WW2K23 shit? You go watch my boy Macho T. It's gracious enough to uh, spend time with you in the chat here. Uh, he says the trailer for that Power Ranger gimmick looks bad. I doubt it would be good. I don't know, man. Um, I guess I'll I guess I'll check out the trailer. I don't know what the heck it's gonna be, but. I was a big Power Ranger guy back in my day, man. I remember getting home from grade school, going to my grandma's and opening up whatever snack she had, sat down in front of her big TV and watched Power Rangers, man. I still got some old school Power Rangers figures out of the box, generation one. I wish I had all that. I wish I knew back in the day what that shit would be worth now, you know? YFNPG199, I feel like sometimes we won't know until I try. And no one nicks it with a 999. I think you made a great point, brother. Sami Zayn, in my opinion, needs to prove more on his own before becoming a world champion. Undisputed Tag Team Champions is more fitting at the moment. OTS for life. Thank you, bro. Thank you, Noah. I appreciate you, man. I only talk logic. I only talk sense on here, man. I don't project anything on you guys that I don't truly believe in. Not bullshitting you in any way at all. Only want the best for what's on TV and the best for us as viewers. Mike D with a 499. Do you think Rock still gets involved in the storyline even though he's not wrestling? It's a possibility. For him to show up to do something minor at WrestleMania, I could see. So we will see what happens with uh, Rock going into WrestleMania, but... Do they need The Rock at WrestleMania? No, I don't think so. I don't think they need The Rock going into WrestleMania. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here. I'm going to run some errands, and I got some stuff. Nightwing coming in late with the Super Chat. Should the stipulation be when Heyman tells Cody if he loses, he will never get a shot at the WWE title ever again and have it be an Iron Man match where Cody is down 0-4 and comes back and, bro, that's way, that's way too ridiculous. That was a little over the top there, bro. We don't need something like that happening. All I wanted was something in the Royal Rumble to be booked the correct way. That's it. Anyway, guys, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my afternoon. Hopefully, you guys do the same. I'll see you back tonight live for NXT Vengeance Day. Follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that thumbs up. We got 1,000 likes, and I need that music turned up to max. 
I'll see you guys tonight for NXT right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.